Hello and welcome to Only Love is Real, reading from Paul Farini's Miracle of Love, The Myth of Evil. The devil does not exist except in relationship to God. He is the one who abandons love. He is the one who thinks he can create apart from God. That is his delusion and it gets him into serious trouble. The devil does not exist apart from you either. If you can be tempted by him, then there is a part of your mind that has already abandoned God. Otherwise, you could not be tempted. Consider this. If God is all powerful, then the devil can stand apart from God only with God's permission. If there is a devil, if there is evil in the world, it can only exist because God allows it to exist. Why would God allow evil to exist in the world? Why would God allow one of his angels to fall? The answer is a simple one. God gave you free will. The devil is simply the personification of free will gone wrong. Those who fall from grace have simply made a wrong choice. Fortunately, they are not condemned forever. They can atone. They can learn to make a different choice. People are not essentially bad. Their actions may be unloving or cruel, but that is because they do not feel loved. Often, they have been abused by others. When you bring love and offer them a different choice, they can transform their lives. Redemption is not just a possibility. It is the inevitable result of all trespass. Those who stray from the fold can and will eventually return to it. This is the pathway God has created for all those who choose to stand on their own. They will lose their way, they will suffer, and they will find a way to shift their perceptions and open their hearts so that they can find their way back home. If you can change the consciousness of a person so that his actions become loving instead of unloving, would this person still be bad? Of course not. As long as redemption is possible, absolute evil cannot exist. You cannot facilitate change by shaming and punishing people who hurt others or themselves. You do not empower a guilty man by reinforcing his guilt. Instead, you tell him that he is worthy of love. You tell him that he is not bad, that others are mistaken about who he is. Those who are abused, neglected or humiliated, those who abused, neglected or humiliated him did not know who, who he was, but you know. You can see the goodness within him and you are willing to accept him and be his friend. If you want someone to act in a loving way, you must be willing to love him. Only your love for him will teach him the meaning of love. Empty words and promises will not do. You learn to bring love to the enemy outside and the enemy within. You learn to love your ego and the wounded child within. You learn to see with compassion your own capacity for unloving thoughts and actions. You learn to bring love so that this fallen angel, this wounded child hidden in the manger of your heart, may be redeemed and recognised for who he or she is. Until you do this, you cannot experience your wholeness. Inner and outer healing are inextricably related. As long as you find an enemy within or without, you are fighting the truth about yourself and others.
As long as you see evil as something that has a reality apart from your own fearful thoughts, you are crucifying yourself and condemning the world. Such thoughts and beliefs are not helpful. I have told you before and I will tell you again. Be careful who you condemn. It might be you. In each devil you perceive, there is an angel you must discover. An angel who has fallen and needs your love to ascend. When you offer that love, you will find that you too have risen. Each of you must rise above your fears and prejudices or risk remaining apart from love. For every block to love lies in your own heart and it is there that it must be dissolved. Don't wait for heaven to come to spread your love around. Do it now. For heaven is here right now. It is in your heart when you open to love. It is in your eyes when you see with acceptance and compassion. It is in your hands when you reach out to help. It is in your mind when you see good instead of evil. How you see the world determines what the world will be for you. As long as you are here, this will be true. So do not seek to change other people or the world around you, but look within your own heart and mind. Hear the criticism the judgments, the cries for vengeance, and you will know where love needs to be brought. You cannot save your neighbour when your own heart is full of fear. Attend then to your own fear and be not concerned with the fear of others. Be the bringer of love to your own experience and others will take note. Only when you have accepted healing for yourself can you become an instrument for love and healing in the world. Understanding and compassion. Everything is God, including that which tries to live without God. For what tries to live without God is simply a part of God that doesn't accept itself. It is God pretending not to be God. People who are called evil are not separate from God except by their own actions. They feel unloved and act in unloving ways but God has not stopped loving them. God is not able to stop loving anyone, for God is love, always love in every moment. Every sin is but a temporary moment of separation. It cannot be final. Every child who strays from God's love will return, because it is too painful to be separate from the source of life. When the pain becomes too great, every being turns back. There are no exceptions. The world is a classroom for redemption. Everyone who comes here tries in one way or another to live apart from God's will. Each person experiences fear and listens to the ego's voice. Some simply realise more quickly than others that they can't find love in separation. And everyone wants love. Even the ego craves love. It just does not know how to create it. And so the child who divorces the parent still dreams of the parent's love, but does not know how to accept it when it is offered. You must learn that God's will for you is not separate from your good, even if your ego feels threatened by it. When you are willing to give up your ego's interpretation of the events and circumstances of your life, their true meaning can be revealed to you. As you learn to open your heart, 
you move through your fear and leave it behind you. For you know that fear cannot lead you home and love cannot mislead you. The economy of love. Peace and happiness will not come to the world until it comes into the hearts and minds of the people who live in the world. As each person feels the presence of love within, it is easier for him to offer it to others. People whose minds and hearts are open, experience and extend love, gratitude and abundance as a matter of course. They don't have to do anything special. Being open, what they need comes to them. Being caring and compassionate, they give away what they don't need to others who need it. This is the law of love. It is based on trust and faith. People who align with the law of love do not have to try to hold on to or protect what they have, for they know that everything they have is merely given to them temporarily. It will stay with them as long as it is needed, and when it is no longer needed, it will go. People who align with the law of love learn to release their attachments so that they can open to the next stage in their growth. They learn to surrender the ego's terms and conditions to make room for God's will to take root in their lives. The economy of love is based on surrender. The economy of fear is based on control. The economy of love is rooted in the understanding that there is enough for everyone. The economy of fear is rooted in the belief that there isn't enough to go around. If you look around, you will see both economies at work. The economy of fear seems to be more prevalent than the economy of love. But if you look carefully, you will see that the former is losing strength to the latter. That is because the more fearful people become, the more they must learn to rely on love to survive. While conditions seem to be getting worse, in fact, they are getting better. That is the good news. The bad news is that very few of you believe this. Most of you believe the doomsday prophets who say the world is condemned to unimaginable suffering and distress. This belief induces more fear and has the potential to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. The real struggle before you today is not a struggle between good and evil, but a struggle between your belief in goodness and your belief in evil. Each of you must fight this battle in your own consciousness. It is that where, you, where your suffering either deepens or dissolves. Believing in evil, you contract emotionally, become more defensive and cut yourself off from the energy of creation. That leads to a consciousness of scarcity. Believing in good, you expand emotionally, open up to others and engage with the creative energy of the universe. That leads to a consciousness of abundance. Contrary to popular opinion, abundant does not mean that you have a lot of money or material possessions. Abundance means that you have what you need, use it wisely and give what you don't need to others. Your life has poise, balance and integrity. You don't have too little, you don't have too much. On the other hand, scarcity does not mean that you don't have enough money or material possessions. It means that you don't value what you have, don't use it wisely, or don't share it with others. Scarcity may mean that you have too little. It may also mean that you have too much. 
Your life is out of balance. You want what you don't have, or you have what you don't want or need. I assure you that you will not increase your happiness by increasing your material possessions. You increase your happiness only by increasing your energy, your self-expression and your love. If that also increases your pocketbook, then so be it. You have more to enjoy and share with others. The goal in life should not be to accumulate resources that you don't need and cannot possibly use. It should be to earn what you need, enjoy and share joyfully with others. The abundant person has no more or less than she can use responsibly and productively. She does not obsess on protecting what she has or in obtaining what she does not need. She is content with what she has and is open to giving and receiving all the resources that God brings into her life.